This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth Podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Tuesday, October the 26th, 2021. It is just after 1 o'clock in the afternoon here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Today's message, Surrender Novena, day number 9. Surrender Novena, day number 9. So this is the culmination of the Surrender Novena. If you've been with us uh, for these, this is now the ninth session, the ninth in a row uh, of the Surrender Novena. Uh, now, I'll tell you what, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read one of the great promises that Jesus makes regarding this very Novena. These are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, there is no Novena more effective than this. So I want you to think for just a brief moment. Think about all the different novenas that one can say. I mean, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of novenas that exist within our church. And they're all powerful. They all have great value. But Jesus himself is saying, there is no novena more effective than this. So this is, a, this is the most powerful novena in the world. The Surrender Novena, day number nine. Now, I do want to address this, not to be argumentative, but rather, hopefully, with the hope of explaining and inviting. Uh, and I hope to do this in a, in a very respectful manner. Uh, there was a comment on the Facebook page, because I do post that every, every time I post the Surrender Novena. There is no Novena more effective than this. And... This, of course, this novena occurred in the 1960s. Uh, Jesus appeared to Padre Delindo, who was the spiritual director for Padre Pio, who's now Saint Pio, and that is where this apparition occurred in the 1960s in Italy. So very recent. Uh, we probably have some folks, quite a few folks listening that were born uh, at that time or before, quite frankly. So that's this is how recent this apparition was. And of course, we look to the church, specifically the Catholic Church, the Church of Jesus founded 2,000 years ago, to say, well, what does the church say about this apparition? And the church has declared it worthy of belief, meaning that the church has granted authenticity to promote this novena. Um, I'll also make a reference real quickly before I get into a couple points. Remember St. Padre Pio, who clearly practiced this novena because he was the, because Padre Delindo was his spiritual director. St. Padre is now, well, first of all, number one, he's a saint, right? That's very important to remember. And be, to, be, to be a saint in the church, miracles must be associated with your intercession. It doesn't mean that the saint himself or herself worked the miracles. What it means is their intercession through their prayers, Jesus worked miracles through their prayers. So it's very important to understand that too. But so for the gentleman uh, that he did write on the Facebook page, can you show me in the Bible where it says, Jesus said that there is no novena more effective than this. Now, when we read uh, any type of message, email, um, based off caps and the number of question marks and we can kind of get an idea of how sincere the person's being, or are they just simply trying to uh, maybe maybe have an argument, maybe try to set a trap. Um, the first thing I want to do is this. The very first thing I want to point out is this. If you love Jesus and you worship Jesus, so do I. So do I. So the very, your very best friend, 
in this world, in your life, like your very, if your best friend is Jesus, and I have a feeling that your best friend is Jesus, guess what? So is mine. We actually share the same best friend. So that's a that's a first thing. I I, I want to come come at this with it with the idea of a bridge, not the idea of just an attack. You know, uh, I've had habits in the past of of doing that. I don't I don't want to go down that road. It doesn't lead. It never leads to good results, right? So I want to bridge the gap with the fact that our very, first of all our best friend. So folks, if you're listening to this, if you're this is not just for this this. I mean, this is, a, this is for this gentleman if he's listening, but this is also for you if maybe folks challenge you on your faith. And they ask you questions of this of this nature. The very first thing it's important to recognize: what does Jesus say about these distinctions within our faith, so to speak? And actually, Jesus, in his infinite wisdom, addresses this. Uh, this would be in from the Gospel, St. Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 to 41. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone who doesn't follow us casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow us. But Jesus said, don't forbid him, for there's no one who will do a mighty work in my name and be able to speak evil of me. For whoever is not against us is on our side. For whoever will give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you are Christ's, most certainly, I tell you, he will in no way lose his reward. Amen. Jesus is saying very simple. Jesus is addressing this, 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 this reality of that there will be separations within his church. And I, I, I think it's critically important that we recognize that, that the Lord Jesus is saying, look, you're on the same team. So just chill out and try to get along, right? Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I'm saying in, in my mind right now, very simply, what my point is, is that Jesus, and I mean that with all respect, that's, that's the tone that we need to take. Clearly, Jesus is saying that, yes, in effect, that we are on the same team. I mean that with all, all, all due respect, clearly. To address your question directly, where you say, can you show me where Jesus says in the Bible that there is no novena more effective than this? I will be very honest I'm in, all my, in all my questions and answers. Those words do not exist in the Holy Bible. You will not see those words, that promise that Jesus made within the Holy Bible. Okay, that's the first thing. Now, I'm going to guess that you knew that, and that's why you asked that question. And that's fine. That's a fair question. But it would be fair for me to follow up with another question, because I love the Holy Bible, as I'm sure you love the Holy Bible, and all of our listeners love the Holy Bible. It's the Word of God. So can you show me in the Holy Bible where it says that Jesus can only speak within the Holy Bible. Can you show me that verse? Because as I'm sure you know, that verse doesn't exist. Jesus never said that he could only speak within the Holy Bible. That's the first thing. The other part of the question would be the second part of that. Where does it say in the Bible that Jesus is not allowed? to speak outside of the Holy Bible. Would you be able to show me that verse where it says Jesus is not allowed to speak outside the Holy Bible? Because as you know, I'm sure you know, that verse does not exist. Okay, so 
that's would be important to make that distinction. So if we're if if I would ask, uh, you know, and this is for this gentleman, and it's also for anyone that we're having a discussion with, we're asking for objectivity, right? We're asking you to be open. We're asking you to be honest. We're asking that uh, we can look at a patch of grass. And we can agree that the grass is green. We can look at the sky on a sunny day without clouds. And we can agree that the sky is blue. In other words, we, we have to be able to agree upon some certain facts to prove that we're objective, right? So moving into the into the realm that we we now are at the point of saying, so I, I have admitted clearly that Jesus did not say that within the Bible. Now I'm hoping that you'll admit that there's no verse in the Bible that says Jesus is not allowed to speak outside of the Bible. Because my next question would be this. Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe that he resurrected from the dead, body and bones? My presumption is your answer is yes. I'm going to go, obviously, this is, this is it's, uh, I'm going with pure presumptions of, of your responses based off of uh, what I'm gathering. And my, my, I'm going to presume that your answer is a yes, that you believe Jesus is alive. I believe Jesus is alive. We both believe the same thing. So my next question would be for you is, well, when did this resurrection of Jesus occur, roughly? And we both know it occurred roughly 2,000 years ago. Okay, so Jesus is alive. He is our good shepherd, right? He told us, Jesus himself told us, he would be with us always until the end of the age. So if Jesus loves us so much that he gave his own life, and this resurrection happened 2,000 years ago, and he's alive, and Jesus has promised it, he's going to be with us always. Do, we, do you really believe that Jesus would not take the time to talk to us for 2,000 years? I mean, do, you, do, you, do you really believe that? If you do believe it, that's okay. But I think logically we would have to, if we were truly honest, we would say that that would be incredibly, incredibly unlikely. It would be incredibly unlikely. And maybe, you're, maybe, maybe you acknowledge that, maybe you don't. But maybe you'll acknowledge it out loud. Maybe, maybe you'll just acknowledge it within your own heart. But I think the reality, when we contemplate the fact that our Lord does love us so much, he's alive, he's been alive for 2,000 years, who are we to say that he can't speak? That would be irresponsibly, it would be irresponsible. It would be perhaps, be, who are we to limit the Lord, right? We, we don't have that. We don't have that ability. So my next question would be, and, and I have a feeling we're going to agree upon this. Do you take Jesus at his word? Do you take Jesus at his word? My guess is yes. I'm going to presume that you were, you'd say yes. And I say yes too. That's the whole point of this podcast. Jesus only speaks the truth. We take Jesus at his word. Well, I was drawn to the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of St. Matthew. And Jesus addresses this idea that there will be things said in the future about him. Prophets, right? Prophets. Now, here's what Jesus says at the Sermon on the Mount. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. 
So if we both take Jesus at his word, let's see what Jesus is saying about future prophets. Can they exist? Can they not exist? Jesus says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. By their fruits you will know them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Just so every good tree bears good fruit. And a rotten tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. Nor can a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So by their fruits, you will know them. Amen. I'm going to go back to this reality. So first of all, my I guess my first question was, is Jesus saying that future prophets after this period of time can exist or can't exist? Well, I mean, I think we could both agree, all could agree, Jesus is saying, yes, they can exist. Simultaneously, there will be false prophets. So what's the difference? How are you going to tell the difference? Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Okay, so who is this surrender novena given to? It was given to Padre Delindo. By all accounts, he lived a life of holiness, led countless men and women to Jesus Christ, and lived a very virtuous life. And was the spiritual director for Padre Pio, who the church has declared a saint. Padre Pio, now Saint Pio, has been declared a saint because of the proof of his miraculous intercession on at least three occasions. At least three occasions. So my question would be this. Would you agree that that's good fruit or would you call that bad fruit? If you're being objective, if you're listening out there, you're being, you have to agree. That would be considered good fruit, right? Miracles from Jesus through the intercession of a saint would have to be considered good fruit, right? So if we take Jesus at his word, and that's where we're at, taking Jesus at his word. If you agree, I, and I agree. My last point on this would be this. Okay. Gospel of St. Matthew. I, I go to this often because it answers so many questions. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 16, verses 18 to 19. Jesus said, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the doors of hell will not overcome it. I will give to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever is fixed by you on earth will be fixed in heaven, and whatever you make free on earth will be made free in heaven. Amen. Okay. Do you take Jesus at his word? I do. I believe you do too. So 2,000 years ago, Jesus founded a church. Historically, which church is that old? It's, it's clear as day. It's the Catholic Church. It's, it's the Catholic Church is the church that Jesus founded. Uh, the Protestant Reformation didn't occur to the 1400s. So Jesus founded this church. And Jesus himself said that the doors of hell will not overcome it. It can't be broken. And Jesus is giving authority to St. Peter 
to make decisions that will impact this church that Jesus himself is founding. So we look to this church to say, what does the church say about these, these apparitions, this surrender novena for Padre Delindo? And as I already stated, the Catholic church, the church that Jesus founded has declared these apparitions are worthy of belief. So when we take a look at the full picture and we really are truly objective, I think it's fair to say that Jesus gave us this surrender novena. Let us enjoy all the benefits that our Lord wants to pour forth upon us, the blessings and the mercy. It is a gift to you and to me, to whomever would like to practice it. So let us now begin. And we're going to say the surrender novena, day number nine. We're going to say it beginning with the sign of the cross in the way that Jesus taught it to Padre Delindo, thus Padre Pio, and now all of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mother, I am yours now and forever. Through you and with you, I always want to belong completely to Jesus. Amen. The Surrender Novena, day number nine. Our Lord Jesus says, pray always in readiness to surrender. And you'll receive from it great peace and great rewards. Even when I confer on you the grace of immolation, of repentance, and of love. What does suffering matter? It seems impossible to you. Close your eyes and say with all your soul, Jesus, you take care of it. Do not be afraid. I will take care of things and you will bless my name by humbling yourself. A thousand prayers cannot equal one single act of surrender. Remember this well. There is no novena more effective than this. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. 
Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. We love you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening, supporting, and sharing the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. <laughs>